when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. So we Willy Winky ran through the town, upstairs and downstairs, in his nightgown, peering through the windows, crying at the lock. And that's because he could see people inside watching The One Show on weekdays on BBC One at seven o'clock. And it made him sick. Welcome. It's the The One Show Show podcast where we take you by the hand and lead you through a week's worth of... The One Show, and uniquely, I suppose it's a podcast about television, but where you really don't have to watch the television programme that's being discussed. And frankly, it's better that you don't. We are happy to take the bullet for you. I am John Holmes, and this week, on or about the vicinity of the green sofas, there's almost a Blue Peter-based Me Too moment on the forecourt. Kylie Minogue discusses her pouch, and there's a pig in a tree. Joining me to celebrate all that and more of it is regular The One, The, the One Show showman... The The One Show Show Showman, Mark Haynes, and presenter, DJ, comedian, film critic, tousle-haired scamp, it's Alex Zane. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome. welcome. So, welcome, Alex Zane. Welcome. Hello. Now, uh, this is a question we always ask, of course. Do Are, are you a, a, a viewer of The One Show, or did you just do it, do it under duress for this? Uh, I'm not a regular viewer. No. I have appeared on The One Show. Well, I know you have. But I, I'm not a regular viewer of it, so... What I did was I uh, I crammed. I crammed for today. I yeah. watched uh, several episodes of The One Show back to back, which is an odd experience. I'm not going to lie. It's not. It was. It's got such a very specific view of life that by the end of sort of watching an hour and a half of it, you find your own sort of moral compass starts to waver in, yeah. in favour of this almost rose-tinted view of the world. It is. It is beautiful. I mean, you can sort of step off the world and immerse yourself in, in the world of the green ciphers quite easily, can't you? That's the thing. It's its, its own... I mean, yeah. If, if, literally, if it, was, if it was a sort of choice to sort of live within those parameters forever and never know that something else exists, perhaps the one show is the Matrix and you could live like that forever yeah. and you never want to see the deserts of the real, then great. But the minute you know the deserts of the real exists, you realise just how false the one show is what were you on it for when you were on it i was on it i I, they they asked me they i didn't obviously you you cannot just write to them i found this out the hard way (laughs) (laughs) dear jim please (laughs) 
you know, back in the day, that would have been a definite answerable letter. <laughs> yes, oh, it wouldn't it? It would, it would. Yeah. He could have made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> I know uh, that they were doing a, a little piece on Queen. Queen had an exhibition in East London of a, a lot of their old memorabilia, and somehow from some interview they got, they'd realised that I was a huge Queen fan. Yeah. And they were like, oh, come and come and do this little piece, this little VT about Queen. I'm like, oh. absolutely, actually. This is something I feel I can do on the one show and still sort of like be a little bit of an authored piece about my love of Queen. Yeah. I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't ask you back then. <laughs> uh, it, the, the point I realised I was wrong was when I was standing in the middle of this exhibition having sort of, you know, espoused about uh, like uh, my love for, uh, for Queen. Uh, and they went, that's, that's great. What we really want you to do now is to jump in the air as though you're playing air guitar and we're going to freeze frame it and that'll be the end of the VT. And I went, what? And they went, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's... This is the one show, right? I don't know. I think you were talking like you were making an author doc on BBC Four. You're not. This is the one show. Jump in the fucking air. <laughs> so I did. Yay! And that was how the meeting ended. Yeah. It was me, freeze frames, jumping in the air, playing air guitar. And look what it's led to, this podcast. <laughs> I'm coming here with revenge <laughs> as did Jay Rayner yeah. uh, so you're in good company well let's start I mean we'll talk about talk about Monday first because this was the Blue Peter special yeah and it's, right, oh, it's so. just worth saying John before we go any mm. further it might sound a little bit different this episode of the podcast because it's near Halloween we've taken the decision to record this in a haunted house <laughs> so if you if it sounds echoey then that isn't because we've had to move to a temporary office yeah it's because we've put a lot of thought into this that's right and we've made it uh, seasonal yeah <laughs> that's that's well done for getting oh, that look out that, Skeleton. Listen, this wall. <laughs> Listen to that. Office next door now going mad. Oh, that's, that's not the office next door. That's a witch and her broom. Oh, it's like the Ouija board we've done and it's all etc. etc. Is it even a wall? It's not very scary. <laughs> I, I've never celebrated Halloween. Is that not what it's about? Where the walls are actually walls? Blue Peter. So this was Monday's episode. And because it was the, the whole nation was seemingly celebrating Blue Peter at 60, they had some presenters on. They started the show, before the open titles of the one show, mm. they did the opening theme tune to Blue Peter by going out on the streets and making the likes of market traders uh, and just people they'd found. Real people. Real, real, people. real muggles uh, <laughs> sing the theme to Blue Peter and then cut it all together. That cut straight to the one show titles. Then they were on the forecourt with Connie, Connie Huck, uh, Mark Curry, Sarah Green, and Simon Thingy. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember which uh, Sarah Green looked absolutely brilliant. Just she, the same. It hasn't aged no. at all. Really, actually, Connie Huck hadn't really aged at all either. Yeah. So I think there's some weird shit going on at Blue yeah. Peter, <laughs> where they're obviously injecting them with that thing that they did Captain America. <laughs> and we need them in case there's another war. What was interesting about it, of course, that was Matt, Matt Baker presenter of the one show ex-Blue Peter as well and what a lot of people were seeing was some old Blue Peter presenters on the forecourt what I was seeing was a lineup of livid people uh, <laughs> at Matt's career now they did we go, show- where, where Mark Curry these days I mean I don't they did show a clip of Matt Baker on Blue Peter which I've actually seen before because I think I've seen him saying it's one of the great Blue Peter bloopers <laughs> one of those great cock-ops that everybody talks about and it's a bit where they just can't get some doors opened that's and right and there's a band outside but I watched you that you forgot a crucial moment there they are dressed in lederhosen <laughs> oh, yes, <that's> <laughs> when Blue Peter had that horrible flirtation with the far right oh, <laughs> terrible idea um, <laughs> the glory days I call them Blauer Peter um, <laughs> If anyone's saying Piotr's not German, it sounds Dutch. Well, they're Dutch racists. Um, I watched that bit and it didn't seem like they were going, this is an old show I was on. It seemed like it could have been The One Show. And I've I've always said this about The One Show. Some people say it's Blue Peter for adults. Mm. It's just Blue Peter. (laughs) And the fact that you can get the Blue Peter cast on and they can just act like they are on Blue Peter and everyone's absolutely fine. It just seemed like... Blue Peter has somehow got into the, the mainstream that it's now a prime time thing for adults whereas it used to be a kids show. All of the anecdotes that they told though during this were, it, it, as the show went on, it just became more cliquey and in. So they, were, they kept saying things to each other that, forgetting they were on television, it was like they were in the pub talking about it. There was one bit when they said, um, do, you remember, do you remember Biddy's Beat Room? And they went, ah, yeah. <laughs> There was no explanation as to what that was. But she'd kill all the dogs yeah. that got old or were disobedient. Biddy Baxter, she's like, come on, Petra. This is your this is your final walk. There'd be the slamming like we just heard on the wall. 
<laughs> yeah, there was one bit that they put in which I thought was everyone pretended it was normal, but they put in an extended bit of probably the one piece of footage of Connie Huck in a bikini. Oh, yeah. And it showed her sort of running in a bikini through snow. I thought that was a bit weird. Yeah. That was a bit of a creepy thing to do. It also then led to Sarah Green seemingly forgetting how television works, right? Because <laughs> right. she she then said, and you're right, it was it was the, that classic clip, you know, where Connie is in a freezing lake. They cut a, a hole in the ice. She has yeah. to jump in, then run across the snow and get in a hot tub, right? And uh, you know, and and it's all very yellow bikini, isn't it? And then and the point of the piece was obviously that's what they do in that country, wherever they were, Norway, Sweden, something, when Arctic Circle. Um, and then Sarah Green was just just going at her. What what? Matt was trying to carry on presenting. Sarah Green's just going, neoprene! Why weren't you in neoprene? <laughs> she doesn't understand TV. No, she also doesn't understand she wasn't time. She supposed to be in neoprene. The point was the bikini. Connie, 16 years ago, neoprene love. 16 years ago. <laughs> set your watch monitor for 16 years ago. Neoprene. But that brought me to my handbrake turn of the week. Ah. Right, so um, this is where they went from uh, that VT, uh, uh, clips of old Blue Peter and uh, Sarah Green missing the point of the item to the, the turn to camera and Matt Baker just was it. Now, uh, the Man Booker Prize. Uh, and then he went, just to link it in, he just went, sadly, Blue Peter Annual, not, um, <laughs> not eligible. <laughs> um, so uh, here's a film about bookbinding. <laughs> None of it's connected. <laughs> then there was. <laughs> well, that's your handbrake turn of the week. I think my, mine comes later, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. No, please about, do it now. Which is uh, the bit where he goes from... Um, a piece, uh, an interview with the, 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 the young girl who's starring in The Hate You Give, and he's done the, the opening interview with her, who was also... Yeah, Amanda Stenberg. Amanda Stenberg, that's right. And uh, and he's talked to her, and she was in The Hunger Games as well. And he goes, she comes off the back and he goes, it's time to uh, for our first film, uh, which is uh, a game that's been put together uh, by a group of uh, school children. It's as far as you can get from The Hunger Games. And I went... <laughs> Is it? You mean it's not people, children, fighting to the death with weapons and or poison in an arena in the future, Matt? That's a film they've got on next week on The One Show. They're lining that one up. What episode was that in then? That was on... That was, uh, that was the 17th. It was uh, Thursday, Thursday's yeah. episode. Uh, okay. well, worth saying, this is probably the only appearance that Tupac Shakur has made on The One Show. <laughs> there was a big photograph of him when she was talking about her film, which is called The Hate You Give. And a, a picture of Tupac just flying up off the back of a sort of thing. I think it was like a doc- documentary strand about glass. <laughs> <laughs> they do have a weird, a weird fascination with almost trying to outdo the pieces that they're putting on. Like there, there was the, the episode this week where they've got Peter Jackson. It's a brilliant piece. The, the bits about where he's um, he's uh, colorized, he's colorized World War One footage, taking it black and white, made it color, and it's, it's fantastic. And, he, and they come off the back of it and they go, oh, "That's incredible! Isn't that incredible? What he's achieved with that World War One footage?" And then they've got Roger Daltrey and they've colourised some Who footage. That's right. And it's almost like they're going, yeah, we can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> it was shit, wasn't it? It was Peter Jackson, the, the detail, the level of detail looked incredible. And then this crap, just shit <laughs> graphics package where they just put an old black and white photo of the Who. And they just have got a funny relationship now with the VTs where they don't really sort of like talk about them very much. They just sort of go, oh, we've got to stop the fun. Because here's a VT about an owl sanctuary. <laughs> and then it'll come back and they'll go, huh, twit to woo. So, uh, Amanda, we were talking, rudely interrupted there by a VT. Um, but they've got a funny relationship with it now. But it's also, they, they, it, it's that level, we've talked about this before, where they, they know, they know. And with that colourisation bit, uh, Matt came off the back of the shit who <laughs> colourise. Shit, that sounds like the owl as well, doesn't it? Shit who? <laughs> Shit who? Um, Matt, it's, it's, if anything, it's twit twit. <laughs> and he just said, oh, we had a bit of fun uh, with the colorization. Oh! We had a bit of fun there with the colorization. Uh, well, we saw what you did. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Matt Baker isn't that old. Does he get to work and they go, uh, Matt, uh, your, your language on the show has become a little too youthful. Here's the book we gave you at the start of this job where you have to use phrases that only dads use in real life. Like, we just had a little bit of fun there. You're not that old. You would never normally say that. I mean, this whole start of that episode was just so surreal. Because, like, they, they, they've got Roger Dolce there, and then they play the Who footage, and they colourise it. 
And then they come off the back of Roger Daltrey's. Uh, they're like, oh, look at that. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like my sister. And, <laughs> but like, he doesn't sort of specify that he thought he looked like his sister. It sort of has the idea that his sister looks like 1966 footage of The Who performing by a riverbank. Yeah, yeah, but really badly painted on. <laughs> she, she's terrible with makeup. It looks like my sister. It's all the wrong. pretend as well that Roger Daltrey looked in some way normal. Right? He looked like a bear cub that had been shaved and they were passing it off as a guest. Massive great gnashes that are bright white. He's wearing his fucking sunglasses as well, just in case you didn't know he was a rock star when you were tuning in. And then you go, oh no, he's got his job. Oh, he must be. He had too much makeup on as well. And it's it looked a bit like, you know in the Batman films where the Joker would put on flesh-coloured makeup and yeah. it would come off a bit and you'd see it was the Joker. Yeah, when Jack Nicholson like does it. Yeah, Jack Nicholson did it in the 1989 Batman and you're like, ooh. They so. are all slowly looking like Jack Nicholson in Batman, aren't they? Rock stars. It's growing They've into it. They've all gone for that look. But that bit of fun that, that the one show had with that footage, I mean, what it actually was was, <laughs> Becky goes, uh, we put you in a pink shirt there, Roger. A little bit of fun. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how that's fun. Yeah, like, yeah. Ro- I'm no puff. Uh, yeah, nice one, Rog. Real funny because we put you in a pink shirt. Like Colin, you're puff. <laughs> the level of the one show's jokes. He wouldn't explain it all because then they asked him about his book, which he was there to plug, obviously. I'd heard him trot out the same interview about four times that week. Are on we the- not going to mention the fact that the book's got the worst title? <laughs> yeah, well, <I> just- <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Mr. Kibblewhite. Absolutely. Uh, Roger, this will surprise you, there was no ghostwriter involved, so he made all the decisions himself. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Mr. Kibblewhite. Actually, there was, because he shouted out to the ghostwriter. Did he? Yeah. He said, I uh, I work with Matt Rudd from the Sunday Times. Oh, he did. You're right. Yes, Uh, yes, uh, yes, Who I then immediately texted and went, you just got a shout out on the one show. And and that's made Matt now listen to this podcast, by the way. (laughs) Hello, Matt. By the way, Matt's been working with Roger Daltrey for the past year, and he's excited he's been mentioned on the one show. (laughs) This is all wrong. I mean, again, it's such a one show way that they actually introduced the the concept of this book. Because Angela, it doesn't go, um, doesn't go, oh, so you've written a book. He's sort of talking. Talking about like how the Beatles, it's quite fascinating. He starts talking about the Beatles and uh, and how Love Me Do really changed everything. It was the key in the ignition for the music scene. And off the back of that, she goes, "Great, but you're here today as an author." <laughs> Almost like that. that oh God, we we all know you're in the Who, but well, there, was that, there was that other really weird bit as well where Matt said um, he was talking about the band. So he, he was just he was saying something. I got I got lucky. Roger was saying I got lucky in finding the rest of the band. And then Matt leant forward and interrupted, <laughs> and he just went, "Pete Townsend, John Entwistle, Keith Moon." <laughs> Roger looked really confused at that. He's like, we know. Thank you. After after 50 years, I, I feel enlightened. And Roger, two of them are dead. Um, <laughs> he also kept on mentioning about how violent they were. Yeah. And he was really talking about that, like, oh, it was brilliant. You know, I mean, a load of these bands were for dancing. We were all about fighting. And Matt had to sort of sit there and go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, lovely stuff. But it's, that, it's around that bit that he sort of loses it a little bit and he starts hitting his knees. It's all on the one beat. The what? One. <laughs> And he's smacking his knee, and Matt goes, so yeah, so just tell us. And he's like, one, one, one. I did like the bit where he just also said, oh, I've got a book deal. Yeah, no fucking shit. Who'd have, who'd have presumed that would happen? Famous rock star. It got a bit awkward when Angela said, they were talking about the violence and the smashing of the instruments. Uh, and she said something like, you were mixing with the Beatles and famous stars, uh, but you have said, this is like, you could see research flying from the back of her mind to the forefront, going, I've got a thing, I've got a thing I know about Roger Daltrey. And she said, you've said in the past that Jimi Hendrix took some of your gimmicks. And I, th- no, I was thinking, yeah, the smashing of the guitars and stuff, fair enough. And then she went, he also almost took your wife. <laughs> oh, yes! It's <laughs> amazing. He went, no, 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 we're all friends. Yeah! Like, it, meaning, we just passed everything around, it was fine. Yeah. Joints, wives, guitar, didn't matter it was a really strange one because yeah. he was a bit like what the fuck are you where are you going with this yeah, yeah. And then, you know he had to tell a story about how he sort of yeah. won his wife <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a rock and roll contest our new researcher on the one show is jeremy paxman so. <laughs> it's a funny thing where she went in there and she thought this is the same as saying to him what's it like to write a book <laughs> i understand that your wife was nearly stolen away from you but you how see- tall are you 
that's the brilliant thing because I think Matt Baker runs his questions. Like he'll just get questions from the researchers who sort of just go, "These are the questions," and he sort of puts them through the Matt Baker filter and sort of edits out the sort of almost accusatory tone yeah. of some of the questions. And I don't think some of the other hosts on it do that. They just sort of go, "This is this question." is fine as is on the page and sort of like parrot it to the guest. I think Angela Scanlon, I think you're absolutely right about that because I think she's sort of gone, there's an opening here for me. I get given this and it's Alex. What do I do quite well? I'm actually a bit hip. I'm a bit sort of challenging. I'm a bit naughty. And that's going to be my role. And you can see it every time she asks a question. There'll be a little bit of a dig there that's going, I'm working quite hard at this compared to other people. Yeah. I think she's really lining herself up to take this over. Have you ever worked with Angela Scanlon? I haven't. Well, let's get her on here. I'm sure this should come and do this. Come on, Angela. We know you're listening. We know you all do. (laughs) This is an open invitation. Come on. We will literally allow you to spend 20 minutes just slagging off Alex Jones to our face. (laughs) We'll edit it all out. No one will be any the wiser. Get it out of your system. But you will have to watch the one show. (laughs) (laughs) That deal's off. (laughs) In the same episode. So this was, you know, that's Daltrey's there, isn't he? Daltrey's in, plugging his book, plugging uh, his fighting and his guitars and his wife swapping. Um, But then there was a, we've talked about something similar that happened before where they said uh, we continue now our series of films mm. where Marty Jobson or somebody Marty oh, Jobson yeah, 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 we continue our series of films where Marty Jobson tries to find the science behind some common phrases and I'm going so this is another series of films and even though I've been relentlessly watching the one show now <laughs> the best part of a year I've not seen any others in this series is this the one he opened with the question why is glass see-through when the material of this table isn't <laughs> yes <laughs> that's Ma- the one to, just to give the man his dues it's Marty Jossop uh, and, thank you um, sorry and I-, I can't believe he's approached the one show and gone I've got an idea for a series of films that is taking age old adages yeah. and making a three minute feature mm. out of them because apparently the whole thinking behind that package is <laughs> if you throw a, a rock in a glass house like in the expression will the glass break right yeah. do you know what yeah. I missed what the question was that was it, it, it was it, so all these films this series of films uh, you're absolutely right Alex are based on uh, proverbs and sayings right? I, I thought it was like the question was is learning about glass boring <laughs> <laughs> and then he spent three minutes answering yeah. it <laughs> in, very much in the affirmative oh. no it was it was if people live in glass houses should they throw stones right that was their way into a film about glass making and toughened glass right it was a film about toughened glass that's all it was I mean yeah. I, I, I genuinely haven't seen any others I can't wait for the cook's broth one I, I, yeah, I, just, I, <laughs> put your money where your mouth is where Marty <laughs> Jock face whatever his name is he's just having tenors jammed into his throat until he choked I'm at the top of this moss covered hill <laughs> with Charlie Watts drummer from a popular band <laughs> But that is the kind of thing I think Charlie Watts would be fascinated by. I am in. Yeah, well, I've managed to gather some moss. <laughs> Back to you. Um, it's worth saying again. We've we've neglected to talk about what Marty looks like. Um, a, a turn of the century Belgian gin mascot. <laughs> A 1970s ghost in a children's sitcom obsessed with sex. <laughs> Wee Willy Winky. Yeah. Wee Willy Winky's pervert uncle. <laughs> he is the strangest looking man on television. Some of his questions. The question isn't why is glass see-through, but why isn't everything see-through? <laughs> it's like, it's like Marty, stick to the script. <laughs> My question is, why aren't all clothes see-through? That's what I want. That's what I want now. I want it all see-through. Will this glass sustain the force of my spunk? Is it, it might be bulletproof, but is it Marty-proof? Let him, <laughs> let him get it out. Let him get it out, and then we'll start filming. Don't press record yet. He does this every week. Let it be made clear that everyone we talk about on this is not a real person. They're entirely fictitious. Right. Similarities between people living or dead is entirely coincidental. Well pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> he then we're not saying he is that. We say he looks like that. Yeah, That's all we're saying. True. That's fair comment. Thank you. <laughs> I like the bit where he got a load of shot putters to throw shot puts <laughs> against bullet resistant glass. Yeah. Because it got really. Because I sort of switched off when that was on. I was like, "This is what? Is, <laughs> what is this?" And then they brought out guns. And then <laughs> there was like, well, there was footage of bullets. Yeah. The I, glass. Th- I thought it was going to get exciting. Yeah. Like, this is good. They're doing bullets smashing through glass on the one. Excellent. And they went, 
Obviously, we don't have guns ourselves. We've got shot puts. They got knives last week when they were trying to stab Maisie Williams in the throat. I like the way that the British equivalent of a gun is a shot put. As if we go to war with shot puts like something out of fucking Lord of the Rings. I'm actually starting a petition for the police to be armed with shot puts. Except the problem is that in America, uh, most deaths actually of police officers come from their own shot puts. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And welcome to Rule of Three, a podcast about comedy. I'm Joel Morris. I'm Jason Hazley. And as usual, we're joined by someone who makes comedy to talk about something funny that they love. Martin's voice really jumped up Just onto emerged. my back <laughs> and sneaked round to the side of my neck and went down my throat and then came out again. And suddenly, there he was. I think I'm the only scaffolder or ex-scaffolder to have been on a BAFTA-type stage. There's more money in faces. There's more money in faces, but there's no control... That's what I like. I can't control. control I can't control where I put my face. And Rory sort of pitched to James, can the can flute be the last word? Because I think that's the funniest mm. word to end on. And James went, I know it is, and that's why I don't want it to be at the end. <laughs> But there's this idea that there's a limited amount of space for funny. It's like when men think they have to go out with someone who's not funny. As if, like, but if she's funny, what'll I do? You're like, you'll both laugh! You will both have a laugh! The, you mentioned there that this was where you zoned out. I right. think that's fair enough. But it brings us to the dullest segment of the week. Mark, did you have a dullest segment of the week? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, God. Yes, which, yes. which was it? Let's see if it... I've got two, okay. and I can't decide between them. But I think on. I'd probably go for... The long VT about chamomile being grown in England. <laughs> um, and the guy at one point said, it's supposed to help people sleep. Well, this video is very much the visual equivalent of chamomile. Either that one or UK Tree of the Year. There you go. That's what I wrote the down The winner as well. will go through yeah. to European yeah. Tree of the <laughs> yeah. Year. Woo! <laughs> but even when they introduced, they, they threw to it and they said uh, later on the show, uh, we're going to be finding out the tree of the year. Even even the the audience, the studio audience, who normally are sort of 
shot put proof to this kind of stuff, right? Because they're used to it. Even they sort of did a sort of, oh, that's fucking shit laugh, didn't they? There was a sort of, even Matt had to acknowledge that the words coming out of his mouth weren't the best. We're going to put, we're gonna put some funny music behind you, Matt, because they do. They've got the, the, the like a green sleeves kind of track playing behind him as he yeah. announced it. But they almost set it up like it was ridiculous because just before it, they went full fast and furious. They, were, they had a car drifting like spinning yes. its wheels yeah. on the forecourt and they're like look at that isn't that exciting there's a tree of the year VT as well <laughs> but look at the car again <laughs> we'll be and it's the way they, they did it you just said we'll be revealing we'll be revealing the four trees shortlisted for UK's tree of the year shall we run through them did oh, you write them down I didn't write them this, down oh this is very exciting oh, I, John I wanted to die when it was on no, 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 no. he also had his little joke in he just said They've been whittled down, whittled uh, down to a shortlist. So number one... All joking aside, please do not whittle the trees of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, it's up to you to decide. And then they went on. Number one, Nelly's tree. Nelly's tree is three saplings that uh, a man wove together in a forest years ago. And now they've grown together to form the letter N that the locals call the love tree for his love, who was called Nelly. That's that. Wales had a giant tree the giant circumference which was planted to commemorate the Battle of Bosworth in Wales whereas Bosworth's about 200 miles away from there (laughs) they did say reportedly planted Um, Um, Marty Josser wants to do a VTL come down my reenactment society (laughs) we're doing the Battle of Bosworth my favourite phrase in that though in the 70s a local farmer housed a pig in the tree yes and and they didn't mention anything more on that no but that was the fact the one fact they went through they go we need at least three facts yeah and someone go, once a pig got in there, and they go, that is a good fact. <laughs> yeah. That is a good fact. A pig got in tree. Yeah. Great. Great. And that's all you've got on that. Mention the Bosworth thing. That's 200 miles away. Don't matter. Throw it in. <laughs> Throw it in. Giant Redwood was Northern Ireland's. It had an, it's a tree with 19 trunks. Yeah. That's yeah. 19 trees, isn't it? It, it is. I yeah. mean, I, I'm going to make this point. If it has 19 trunks. Now, I'm no expert on trees, but yeah. let me tell you, you don't have to be. That's 19 trees. No, that's, a, that's not a tree. It's D- a disqualify cops. it. Disqualify <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And Nettie's tree, not to be confused with Nelly's, was in Scotland. Uh, the only tree on an island or something. Yeah. And it wasn't a great tree. It was a shit tree. <laughs> it was yeah. a really there poor more, tree. more islands with a tree on it. This particular island. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so... Yeah. I mean, come on, Alex, we just have one that is there because a pig went in. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm not going to lie. I find that quite exciting. <laughs> I want to know more. That's the first fact that I... Because I don't remember them saying that, but I'm like... Who's, who owned the pig? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did it climb the look, tree? Did you, it just you, nestle now, in the tree? Save trunk? this for UK pig of the year. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the winner is the pig that went in a tree. <laughs> uh, worth saying, they said at the end, uh, and we've got a fine yew tree to finish with, which is never a phrase you want to hear when you work at the BBC. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking, a previous winner. <laughs> Operation yew tree, a couple of years ago. <laughs> Does it grow? Does it grow photographs of the people who've been arrested on its branches? And when we say a pig's been circling it, it was a policeman. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, this this episode had a lot. There was a lot in this show. Mm. Uh, Rick Wakeman was on this show, which I very much <laughs> I loved it. I wanna, the one show struggles when they bring a guest on who's kind of real and like doesn't sort of go. Right, I'm on TV. I better, I better think about the fact I'm on TV. Like, when Angela Scanlon, like, he's talking about his head teacher. <laughs> and he's like, my head teacher didn't think I'd become anything. And Angela Scanlon goes, oh, where, where is he now? And Rick Wimmer goes, I know exactly where he is. He's dead. See Matt Baker go, oh, God, it's going to be one of those shows. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. really funny, but people were like, oh, no, we've got a live one here. Proper guest. <laughs> when Catherine Tate is uh, talking about postnatal depression, because that's why you book Catherine Tate, uh, <laughs> she, he just like halfway through this guy, a friend of mine, um, she had a very difficult birth, uh, and then Rick Wakeman blows his nose really loudly. Just kudos her. though to the director. So there were, you know, because obviously it was on Catherine Tate, and it was that moment. You're right. There was a massive loud parping noise, <laughs> and the director just cut to a wide, so you could see Wakeman sort of snot. <laughs> Because <laughs> he'd obviously thought, oh, there's a tight shot on Catherine there. I can, I can just get away with that. No. no the director had to go, I've got to show you what's going on. Because I was otherwise so this desperate is awful, to yeah. see him look in it before he put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, got, they got to uh, Wakeman, by the way, we should mention, out of the trees by just going something like, oh, Rick Wakeman, you... 
you like trees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but, then he did. Yeah. 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 Remember, you've seen a pig. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was the example of the researcher got it right. But later with Catherine Tate, she made, uh, uh, she was telling a story about how because of the amount of clothes that she wears in her show, which are then taken off between things, oh, she yeah. was sort of saying, I wear about three stones. This was a brilliant of- insight, wasn't it, into, and we've all been on the receiving end of these calls, where the, the researcher from yeah. the show, before you go on it, will ring you up and go through what's expected yeah. of you. And Catherine Tate was telling a story about these quick changes she does. And she was saying the actual costumes that she has on, that she basically comes off stage, they're ripped off, she goes back on as a different character. They weighed three stone. So she said, so basically, I'd start the show, and by the end, I'd have lost three stone. And the researcher had gone, and you do that every night. You lose three stone. And it obviously got into the notes that every night performing her show, Catherine Tate loses three stone (laughs) of her body weight through the sheer exertion. And so Catherine Tate had sort of gone, you had a very nice researcher, not very bright. (laughs) (laughs) If I did my show four times, I wouldn't be here. She said, um, a bit of a humiliating impression there. Apologies. (laughs) Apologies to all people. It was a good moment. There was also, again, same programme, because there was a lot in this, where they were recreating Smash Hit magazine. Yes, Because of some reason... Kate Thornton had been dragged out of wherever Kate Thornton is. The ground. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and told to recreate a smash hits cover. But here's the weird thing. At the beginning of the programme, uh, they showed a clip of Kylie Minogue answering a question, which was, if you had a pouch like a kangaroo, Kylie, what would you put in it? Yeah. Kylie giggled. We didn't let get the answer. But then for the rest of the show, they were teasing as to which big guest was going to be on the cover of Smash. We'd already seen yeah, it. Yeah, that was <laughs> really already, badly put together. Already seen it. And also they announced it on the previous episode as well. <laughs> they Kylie Minogue recreates the cover of Smash. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. the whole fucking show they were going, oh. Who's it going to be? That was, was the only time I saw Matt Baker go, uh, no, we're not doing that. Because Angela Scanlon goes, yeah, after the pouch announcement, oh, there's a... Goes, oh, what, would you, uh, what would you give in your pouch? And he's like, that wasn't in the script. That <laughs> yeah. wasn't in the script. He's like, oh, that'd, that'd be telling. That's <laughs> a shame, because when they said, uh, we're going to find out what's in your pouch, he turned after that little VT and went, it's actually a good question. <laughs> um, Kylie was presented during the, the little VT she did with uh, Kate Thornton. With They talked for a bit about a, 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 the, the famous Smash It's biscuit tin mm. um, which I didn't remember from reading Smash It as a kid but I vaguely did but, but it wasn't a great big thing they no. did it was, the, it was the, the question that they'd have each fortnight and it would just say questions from the biscuit tin and they'd have yeah. a big star and there'd be a biscuit tin they'd be taking the questions out now there was a story Meat about Meatloaf loved it. loving the biscuit tin that's right I, I think that's one of those things where Meat was just being very kind he, to everyone I think he loved, he loved the day. biscuits <laughs> the biscuit tin and the, t- and the, the tin, tin. <laughs> <laughs> but Kylie they presented it to Kylie and again an example of not warning of what was going on because they presented it to Kylie saying um, oh we've got the famous biscuit tin and she very professional, very professional, just went, oh, what's in it? (laughs) (laughs) She didn't remember the tin. It would have been so much better if she'd gone, throw your own fucking rubbish away. (laughs) Well, there were biscuits, but meatloaf's outside. Yeah, I'm Kylie. I am literally not interested in biscuits. She could have so nailed that as well. What's a biscuit? (laughs) (laughs) If you were a kangaroo, Kylie, what would you keep in your pouch? And she was, I wanted to go, Michael Hutchins' cock. I was going to go a load of plastic surgeons calling cards, but I actually thought to myself, no, I'm not going to be mean. Well, shouldn't have bothered. Should have waded straight in Welcome there. to my world. <laughs> uh, they had two ladies who had met through the RSVP section of Smash Hits on the show as well. And they were not that, I don't know, I, th- I thought they were going to be really happy and really like, we've had such good, yay, it's just been a boon and we, we're the spirit of Smash Hits. And the only line I wrote down them saying was one of them turned to the other and went, we've had some tough times. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it light, ladies. Yeah, we've been through it with each other through thick and thin. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, it's the biscuit yeah. team. <laughs> <laughs> they, was, they bonded over Duran Duran, didn't they? And, mm. and that went into this weird segment of, of what posters did you have on your wall? And they both had Duran Duran. And then, but then they said, but you, but you never met them. 
And, and I thought, oh, this is going to be... I thought they, the same They're going to bring Simon Le Bon. He's either in the studio <laughs> behind the thing. They thought the same thing. Or they did. Or there's a VT of Simon saying, hello, ladies. You never met. You never, you never managed to meet them. You're biggest fans, but you never managed to meet Duran Duran, did you? And they went, no, no, we didn't. Anticipation builds. And then they just moved on. Well, today <laughs> is no different from all the other days. Although here's oh. Rick Wakeman's handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> Something that you learned from the one show this mm. week, and I learned from this, that Catherine Tate likes wallpaper oh yes yeah. <laughs> turns out Catherine they, what posters did you have on your walls growing up she went well I didn't have any I just liked wallpaper yeah, that, <laughs> that's quite quite a sweet answer um, I learnt that chess is compulsory in 300 maintained schools in Britain and that, that's maintained is state schools chess is a compulsory subject in 300 of them you know people are saying about how dangerous it's going to be post Brexit and everything but we've got a load of kids who can play chess and that's something they can do to take their mind off the food shortages and the fact there's no medicine <laughs> I really like that little V2 about the, the chess playing in that school you uh, like chess don't you you're I a love, big chess player well you see because oh. I went to a it was weird because um because I think the whole VT is sort of set up like this uh, this state school from a, a, a deprived area, like and they're learning chess and they're playing against the, the posh kids from the private school down the road, and it really sets up like they're going to win and it's gonna it's gonna be about these kids and they they came like eighteenth out of twenty and I was like oh that's a, that's a little disappointing I th- I think I bought into it like you buy into a, a sports drama but then I remembered I was captain of uh, my chess club at uh, my comprehensive school because I didn't have enough things that made me a geek already. At that point, uh, a briefcase, captain uh, the chess team, massively into tabletop wargaming, uh, and we. Well, I was the captain, and we played um, a private school down the road, and we lost. And I was like, "This is." This is moving. This is touching. There's it. something funny about there not being a fake resolution to this, where it does become that thing of you can be anything you want to be, mm. where they just go, yeah, they've got it, and they're taking on the best, and they've come 18th. And that's a nice reflection of real life. And you see, and there was something about that, because sometimes I find some of the VT so cloying. That, sort of, that seemed really good. I was, I, I, it put my back up at the start, because I was like, I was ready for a guy in a, a suit with all the chess pieces on it, when they went, this is Mr. Chess. And he was just a bloke going, yeah, some people call me that. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't done for a while, though. You, you're not going to use that in the piece, are you? We need you to actually say it. Oh, God, I'm Mr. Chess. <laughs> but he was really good. And that, I thought that was nice. I like that bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice. It's, this isn't just to slag it off, as yeah. we've said. This is a celebration. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I tell you, though, if we're talking you. about the best piece that was on this week. Oh, my! it actually made me cry. I, 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 I welled up and I cried. And I turned, my wife was absolutely in floods of tears. Uh, Matt was presenting. No, no, no. <laughs> there was there was a section on Thursday which is about a cartoon. It's called Gary Andrews, right? And he lost his wife, and he he's a, an illustrator who previously worked at Disney, and he begun keeping a diary where he'd do a sketch every single day. And after his wife died, I think he had one day off which was the day that she actually died. And then he carried on. And he's got two daughters, and he began drawing these pictures. And they are really sort of sweet and nice. And they're all about grief and how he's going through the grieving process. And they put together a little animation. And it had all the things you shouldn't have found particularly emotional. There was a sort of Enya-esque bit of music playing behind it. Yeah. And it was well, all... his wife had composed as well. Yeah. She composed that piece. And, and, and he's going through his sketchbook and they've animated his drawings quite sort of swiftly and everything. And oh my, if you watch that and you don't have tears appear in your eyes, then you need to see a doctor because you have no heart. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was absolutely gutting. And it came back... Angelica Bell, tears in her eyes. Right. The guy himself, the cartoonist, he was welling up. The person sitting next to him on the sofa, they were welling up. It was a proper good emotional punch. Now, you know we get a lot of uh, wrongly directed tweets to our account. Yes. Our account is at The One Show Show. The BBC account is at BBC The One Show. So we get loads and loads and loads of tweets that are made for that. Now, <laughs> I know I sound like I'm from the BBC here. We simply never received as many tweets as we did <laughs> in relation to that one episode where people were going, this is absolutely more of this, please. So in the spirit Mark, of Mark, they might have been talking about our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it made me cry. It said... <laughs> 
where are the women? It said again and again. <laughs> but I, I think in fairness to the one show, they should know that, yeah, we actually had a massive response from that. that yeah. they Whereas get. their social media editors sitting there going, we've got nothing on this. This was heart-rending. They're still going we've on got... about the fact that we had Maisie Williams murdered last week in a knife fight. <laughs> you should have seen that. It was a fucking that's disaster. Worth, that's worth looking up. It was a brilliant... It was, do you know what it was? It reminded me of the montage from Up. If you've watched the montage, yeah. no, except obviously this was real, but it is. It was this perfect like three and a half minute animation. I agree. I thought it was really. It was. It was really absolutely. Good. Again, I, you don't want to give production notes to the one show. It's too late. It's a, <laughs> it's a little bit about like giving healthcare tips to Bernard Manning's family, <laughs> you know. Uh, but more of that. More of that. Ordinary people just being amazing. I, I like the ordinary people thing. It's, it's really good when people get in touch. You know, they do the call out for get in touch with us about this subject. Mm. And it was um, it was off the bat. They clearly planned it. It was when Roger Daltrey was saying how uh, a teacher, one of his teachers, the guy the, on the cover, the headmaster, yeah, 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 had gone as, as he was being expelling him. He was going, "You're never going to make a success of yourself." And Roger Daltrey took that as a sort of which was actually I thought Richard, Roger Daltrey was a really good guest because it was that whole thing about you know that really motivated me yeah. to actually do something. And then they came, they came off that story and they planned it. And they, Matt goes, so, you know, if you're a teacher who's, um, who taught, basically, like, if you're a teacher who taught an awful child <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who has then gone on to have much more success than you and yeah. prove you wrong... Let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. was a really dangerous thing because he's like, keep it short, keep your bitterness, <laughs> keep your bitterness to a couple of sentences. I mean, there's every chance this is illegal, but let's have a go. <laughs> but it did at the end. I was like, because I was like, oh, you're going to get some vile things going. I, I really hated this awful child. But the best one was um, the best one at the end of the show was where they went. Uh, they went. Uh, uh, someone a teacher's uh, written this. It was uh, I had to keep telling a child to calm down and stop shouting. It was Brian Blessed. <laughs> there was another good one in there, which was just a teacher who said, um, I was Alex Jones's teacher, and I always had to tell her to stop talking. Um, and I, I can relate to that. <laughs> Alex, shut up. <laughs> so let's, uh, any other bit, let's any other business, shall we? That's what we like to do. So things that we may have missed, uh, things that we hadn't talked about yet. I am going to mention the doppel. Oh, that rings a bell. I can't a remember. A stress-reducing wrist gadget. Yes. Oh, I totally, totally tuned out when that was on. So did I. It was <laughs> most boring. So essentially, it's a gadget. All I heard was that they test. They had some hidden cameras. Some students who were told they got to do some public speaking in a minute. They got five minutes to prepare, and they put a wrist gadget on them to test their stress levels. And the idea is this gadget mimics a heartbeat to fool your brain into thinking you're not anxious, and thus you don't start to sweat or panic, which is all very well in that situation. But if you're having a heart attack. <laughs> your brain would probably want to know about it so know? it mimics a heartbeat that's not having any kind of stress at all that's going to kill people isn't it <laughs> I stopped watching that when they said we've got these special things which reduce stress but could they just be making the stress worse and I thought well choose a fucking side <laughs> I don't want to hear every side of this product that I've literally never heard of until now does it work doesn't it great move on uh, they had another bit about technology which was about the co-op where you could take your iPhone in. And this was like a government film, like when they brought in decimalisation. (laughs) This seemed something that you sort of... I've I've immediately got it. All right, you can go around the scan with your phone and it's attached to your bank account. Done. Five minutes of that. Five minutes expounding on that, getting people to try it out. People, presenter's mum had a go at it. Oh, God, who's faster? So we've got a film now. This was was on the Roger Daltrey episode as well, wasn't it? Mm. Where they did quite interesting Roger Daltrey, (laughs) as we've said. And they just went, well, here's a film. They do often put the worst films with the best guests. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. To sort of even it all out. Here's a film about supermarket till technology. Oh, great. We're very worried people out there might really enjoy the whole of this show. So we need to take some precautions to make sure it's all... Always bad. I agree. I was really surprised that you've got Roger Daltrey and he's being a fascinating guest and he's got some great stories and you're cutting away to a film about scanning barcodes. I mean, that is really what that film was about. And the weird thing was, it was five minutes. Like, you sat through this whole thing of people saying the same thing over and over again. You can just scan it. You don't have to queue. You don't have to go to the checkout. You don't have to queue. They had talking heads at the end who were still saying the same thing. It's like, if you could just reiterate that you don't have to queue. You don't have to queue. You don't have to queue. I like it. You don't have to queue. I'm like, I get it. You don't fucking have to queue but then they come back to the studio and all three of them Roger Daltrey Matt Baker and Angela they all basically go I wouldn't use that I'm a people person 
I'd go, I'd go to the checkout. I'd definitely go to the checkout. Roger, he's like, yeah, I'd yeah, go to the checkout. Out, yeah. I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird, weird thing. You're like, five minutes. But also, I was just screaming at the television, shoplifting. Oh, absolutely. To get, it, you trust people to come into the co-op. <laughs> what? And just... What? Not st- you don't have to queue. You don't have to queue. Imagine you don't, you don't even have to pay apart from on your phone. Oh, I've got the app. Definitely. Look at me. Look at me rubbing my phone on if a sausage. If you're Look a security that. man at the co-op, you are going to hear the following phrase about fifteen thousand times a day, which is, "Yeah, no, I think there must have been a problem with the Wi-Fi." You're going to hear that as people go out with sixteen Christmas turkeys on their back. Yeah, no, it must be. It's not picking up, but it was connecting when I went in. I thought they've got to answer the question. Someone's got to ask them at some. Point. What about shoplifting? And sure enough, near the end of the VT, they did. Was it the manager of that particular shop? Or yeah, some... she was sort of like a local representative. Yeah, exactly, a regional manager. She was very good at management speaking. Because they put her behind the tills, though, to make it look like she'd been in that shop. But there were no queues, though, were there? No queues. No queues. And they said, what about shoplifting? Like, here we go. This is where they tell us about the technology that this app contains. There's a giant spike that will come out of your phone. It will go through one of your eyes and into your brain. And push the turkeys back onto the shelf. <laughs> and, and I thought, here we go. They said they're going to explain it. And she just sort of went, oh, I don't think people will shoplift. <laughs> Are you in the oh, real world? Oh, my God. Because the question I was asking, I was doing the same thing. I was going, but it means more people are going to be out of a job. Surely it means more people are going to be out of a job. Surely they're not going to need as many staff. And at the very end, in the same interview, someone went, but surely, you know, people are going to be out of a job. <laughs> someone went, no, no, no. <laughs> no, they're not. So, and then they were like, they were happy that with that. There was no is an acceptable answer. Yeah. Okay, no more questions. <laughs> no shoplifting, no job. Oh, no, lots of job. Oh, okay, fine. People will be listening to this, going, "Oh yeah, the co-op. I remember them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't they run that thing with the phone for a week and everything got looted? <laughs> it was a turkey-free Christmas for most people because one one person made off with the lot. Thirty-two thousand. <laughs> I mentioned the uh, the beginning of this podcast, the Blue Peter Me Too moment. Did you know? Notice that? No. So this was outside. Uh, so this sort of brings us full circle, really. On the forecourt, the beginning of Monday's show, where uh, Mark Curry and Sarah Green and Connie Hook and Simon thing were... And Gabby Logan was presenting. And it was really quite awkward for a moment, because they were all reminiscing about Blue Peter, as they did for the whole yes, show. And she's an outsider. She was an outsider. Yes. So that to get her involved, it turned out she'd done gymnastics, aged about 12 or 16 or something, on, on the Blue Peter. So they showed a clip of her twirling about in a leotard. And then they said, oh, um, but we're going to give you an honorary Blue Peter. Did you have a Blue Peter badge? Yes, she said, I lost it. Mm. So they'd obviously found that out in research. So then Mark Curry had been given a Blue Peter badge to give to Gabby Logan. On live television, he then attempted to pin it onto her, right? But, you know, where badges traditionally go in the breast area, right? And he, and he fumbled about, right? and he sort of said, I don't want to damage your dress. Like that. And I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, and then even she just sort of, and he sort of went, mm, and she sort of took, took it out of his hands and just sort of said, I'll put it on later. <laughs> Another classic really Blue Peter blooper moment. <laughs> <laughs> and then she shit on the floor like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alex saying thank you very much indeed thanks for, for having going me. through that for us uh, Mark thank you thank you John and remember this remember, well remember two things one rate and review always important on wherever you get your podcast five stars anything else doesn't count that's right then um, also remember this when you look at the television to look at the one show the one show also looks back into you goodbye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. 
Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.